the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It is Monday. It is sunny. It's going to be a nice week. And last night, uh, if you missed it, it was a television event. I know there's some people, I don't watch that. Listen, it, it was a television event. It was Oprah. It was an incredible interview. Uh, as I've talked about in the past, I, I think The Crown on Netflix, not only is it history, historic, but it's also, it's just great television. And last night, that's what that was. It was great television. You know, I miss Larry King. I used to love Larry King. There's an art to conducting uh, a good interview. And last night, it, Oprah did a very good job. She delivered. That was very good television. I feel terrible for poor Prince Harry. Um, I feel terrible for Prince Harry. This Meghan Markle has absolutely destroyed his life. She has manipulated him, taken advantage of the tragic death of his mother, Princess Diana, and the damage that she has inflicted. First of all, I don't think she's mentally stable. Um, all she kept insisting was she wouldn't read the tabloids, and the whole thing was about the tabloids. They made horrendous accusations of racism with nothing to back it up. Uh, this girl is manipulative. She is a grifter. She has his claws into him. It is. It was frightening to watch. And, uh, and the entire world is talking about it. It is the lead in the newscast. It is on the front page of every paper. Uh, if, if you say you don't care, or then you're in the minority. Just understand that because it's a huge story, and I was riveted by it. But I feel terrible for Harry. This She is obsessive and a victimhood. And it is, uh, it was really sorry, remarkable. This is some of last night. I'm sorry, you felt that you had to do that because you felt we were not supporting you. No, sadly not. The, the, the feeling is that this was our decision, therefore the consequences are on us. Um, and despite three years of, of, of asking for help and seeing or, or, visualizing how this might end. Let me stop the tape for a minute. Let me just stop the tape, folks. Meghan Markle also claimed last night she asked for help and was told no. Um, then when Oprah asked Harry, he said, well, I never said anything about it. So that was line number one. Listen, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know the, the crux of, of the whole situation. And I know there was rumor that they wanted to put the focus on her and less on the whole Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein situation. But this, this things that this girl would, I, I don't think there's any way to please someone like this. Every night he'd come home, she'd be crying. Listen, it, it is an incredible task. She should never, he should never have married her. If Princess Di was alive, she wouldn't have allowed Harry to marry her. She has absolutely just destruction and victimhood. And she doesn't seem, you know, she thinks she's just going to check herself into some, some place. I, I mean, the, it was just one thing after another. She, you know, I can't go out to lunch with my friends as all of us have been locked down with, with, uh, you know, lockdown with the pandemic. The things that she worried about, obsessed about this Meghan Markle, let alone Oprah, did not ask any questions about her complete dysfunctional family. But the voice you're hearing, this is Prince Harry. It was, I don't know, I just, it was, it's been, it's, look, it's been really hard because I'm trying, I am part of, I'm part of the system with, with them. I always have been. Um, but I guess there is, I'm very aware of this, that my brother can't leave that system, but I have. Does your brother want to leave the system? I don't know. I can't speak for him. But with that relationship and that, that, that control and the fear by the, by the, uh, by the UK um, tabloids, it's a really, it's a toxic environment. Um, but I will always be there for him. I will always be there for my family. And I, as I said, I've tried to help them to see what has happened. Do and they how sorry you when, had to make that move? Or, I'm sorry. When Meghan Markle, that was uh, some of the sound from last night of uh, Princess Harry and Meghan Markle with Oprah when she she was an actress she was on the show suits when she first started dating Harry she spoke with some friends and they were friends in the UK 
And then she was intimating how serious it was getting. And their friends said to her, friend said to her, but you can't marry him because if you marry him, the British tabloids will they'll destroy your life. And she felt, Meghan Markle now, well, there's, I don't live a tabloid life. There's nothing to go after. And instead, it basically led, she became so obsessed in following the tabloids and that she couldn't control the press. She has made this about race. She has made herself a victim. She kept saying, I wouldn't read it. I don't care. And yet she was obsessed about the tabloids. And it really came to her becoming unglued. And this poor guy, he's 36 years old. He is Prince Harry. His father's Prince Charles. His grandmother is the queen. He should be living the life. She has made his life absolutely miserable. She's 36. She's 39. She has his her claws into this poor guy. Deeper. Oh, my God. She is ruining his life. Now he has baby number two on the way. I can't leave that system, but I have. Does your brother want to leave the system? I don't know. I can't speak for him. But with that relationship and that, that, that control and the fear by the, by the, uh, by the UK um, tabloids, it's a really, it's a toxic environment. Um, but I will always be there for him. I will always be there for my family. And I, as I said, I've tried to help them to see what has happened. Do they think it's them. a toxic environment or do you all just think it's a toxic environment because you're now out of it? Do if we were to have an interview with them or a conversation with them, does your father Which think Oprah it's a toxic like to. environment or relationship? No, I think, he, I think he's, he's had to make peace with it. And why couldn't you make peace with it? I'll ask that of both of you. Because it's, this was different, you know. It's different because it's different because of the race and social media and social What's media. Oh yes, right. Different time. That, that different oh. time that didn't exist, and so it was like the wild, wild west. It was mm -hmm. spread like wildfire. Plus, my being American. It translated in a different way across the pond. So you had a noise level that was very different. But if they can't see that it's different. So you felt bullied on an international level. Look, I think they... I think the volume of what was coming in and the interest was greater because of social media, because of the fact that I was not just British, um, and that, unfortunately... If members of his family say, well, this is what's happened to all of us, or if his, you know, if if they can compare what the experience that I went through was similar to what has been shared with us, Kate was called Weighty Katie, waiting to marry. Listen, the voice you're hearing is Meghan Markle. She, to me, folks, and again, it's John P. She had a nervous breakdown because she couldn't believe that she couldn't control this international press that she became a focal point. That's what it really seems to be about. And unfortunately, she got her claws into Prince Harry and has convinced him the only way out is to leave there. Keep in mind, the voice you're hearing, she invited Oprah and George Clooney to her wedding, and she had never met either one of them. This is someone who wants to dominate. She felt she could control the press narrative, and it exploded on her. And she was outgunned, outmatched, not up for it, and and basically, to me, is not mentally stable, thought she was ready for this type of thing. Um, I'm not saying someone would be, but this is not the way to react to it. I feel Prince Harry, unfortunately, he, he really married the wrong person, and now she is destroying his life, and it is playing out in front of the entire world. Oh, my goodness. He is 36 years old, but now he's got one son. He's got the child. He's got another one on the way. She is, there, there is no pleasing this individual. Again, if you missed it, it was great television last night, and the fallout from it continues. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508. 336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. 
You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter... You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. On the left or left, uh, up, upper left side, you just click on Listen Live. It's time for our segment, Politics, this week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. His name is Justin Katz. And, Justin, uh, let's start off. Definitely a, a low-key um, Inauguration yesterday for new governor, Dan McKee, was done outside of the Rhode Island State House. Part of it is just odd. I wouldn't even think a lot of people were unaware of it, but just uh, I'd like to hear your, we're going to talk a little bit, some of your initial uh, uh, perceptions of this new McKee administration. Well, I think the low-key inauguration, I mean, He's essentially been easing into it for a few weeks. In fact, the stumble start with the Senate holding off on its uh, its acceptance of Governor Gina Raimondo as the Commerce Secretary. Uh, you know, so it's it's not as if it's a all happened according to schedule and it's cold out and COVID. They probably didn't want to attract a crowd. So kind of the, the low key introduction was, was probably understandable. Um, Although it does seem to be characteristic of of how Dan McKee is is kind of moving into the position, um, some of the I mean it's, it's very early, but some of the initial kind of postures that he's taking, I guess, is the way to put it. He's not going to disrupt a whole lot. He's going to be very friendly with the progressives, with the insiders. Uh, so it's clear that his, in some ways, his his objective is to just carry on. Uh, Raimondo's term and to the till the end so that he can be erected elected in his own right um, without having ruffled too many feathers so that's generally the impression I'm, I'm getting what do you make of uh, some of the salaries that have been announced for instance one of the people 
I think was working at Channel 12, maybe making like 35,000. Suddenly gets a job with Mayor Lorza and now ends up working for now Governor McKee, 50, excuse me, 90,000 for Deputy Press Secretary. His chief of staff, chief of staff to now Governor McKee, Justin, he's going to be 196,000 chief of staff. Do you and I both know those jobs do not exist in the private sector? I mean, I, I, I don't begrudge someone like that, but I just always wonder, you know, was it a no at 165? Did the person say, I'm not taking the job unless I get X? I think so many of these salaries, you know, whether it's 20, 25,000, that they would take less. But what are your thoughts on some of these salaries that came out? Yeah, I, I just don't. Yeah, I, I like your I saw your comment on I think it was Twitter on along those lines. <laughs> would they would they not take the job at ninety eighty thousand dollars a year? Was that yes. was the refusal to take it? Uh, that's exactly my attitude as well. These these jobs are completely disconnected from any kind of reality at this point, because partly because government is now the it seems like the central employer of the state. So it's it's not as if you have to have those salaries uh, in order to in order to attract people from the private sector. This, there's just their jobs don't exist. The companies don't exist in Rhode Island to, to support those kind of jobs. So it's 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 just completely almost arbitrary and politically motivated. I mean, I'm sure every every person in the state who's looking towards some sort of government job loves to see these numbers because it's it makes it means the whole thing the whole system is going up so that's right you know, if, if mckee appoints somebody for this much then that means the mayor of providence has to pay this much and every city and town will start marching around with a i mean i think it's the uh the D division of municipal affairs and state government keeps a a document of all the salaries of various municipal positions, administrators, tax collectors, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure that all these numbers will start to appear on there and, and we'll start, to, one town will start to say, well, uh, planners in, in towns like us make $10,000 more. And it, that is just the, to me, it's more indication of the, the corrupt system in Rhode Island. It's sort of like when, when unions push for minimum wage increases because some of their contracts go up automatically when a minimum wage That's comes right. up uh, as a yep. multiple so I'm sure there's a whole lot of that going on. And it goes again to my general impression of, of McKee is not um, his initial, at least the initial impression he's making is not, I'm a former business owner. I'm a former mayor. I'm coming in to clean up and make this whole thing operate in a tip top fashion. Instead, it's, I am going, I'm one of the club. Here's your, here's your 30,000. One of the raises was about $38,000 raise or something like that. I mean, it's just, I, it's 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 disappointing, but I, I think that's what we're seeing. Let's face it, jobs with cities and towns years ago, Justin Katz used to be, you know, listen, it didn't pay a lot, but it was incredible. Uh, you know, you got a pension at the end and it was incredible stability and very little turnover and basically no one got fired. But 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 by and large, they've now put these where you see people and you and I have talked about this leaving private sector jobs to take these jobs working for the government, for the state, for the city or town. It shouldn't work that way. As far as the chief of staff, now I don't know this uh, new McKee chief of staff. I know he's been with them in the lieutenant governor's office, but I just think there are certain positions. It should be, that's that's what it pays. It pays, you know, whatever it is, 125, 149. That's it. Take it or leave it. If you don't want it, we'll find someone else. It's a great job, but it doesn't pay more than that. But, you know, suddenly get up to 200,000. And like I said, there are two deputy press people making 90. I, so in other words, when they approached them, if they said the job pays 75 or 80, they're not taking it. I, I don't believe that. I think they take you regardless of that. Now, that said, any thoughts on the fact that uh, Governor Mundo did not show up? And also now Congressman David Cicilline did not show. And I've heard it's because basically uh, if you look at politics, McKee is not a Cicilline type of Democrat. He's you know, you have Seth Magaziner in the field, you have a Lorzer in the field, you have Nellie Gobie in the field. Um, any thoughts that you have on the fact that Governor Mundo, Ed Fitzpatrick caught up with her. She was in town, but she did not go to the ceremony. Well, I don't know. She She's moved on, right? I mean, that's that's really just, uh, 
it's not surprising at all from Governor Raimondo. She, she, former Governor Raimondo, she's, you know, it was about her career. She's done with that office and she doesn't even, and as we've discussed, she, she doesn't have any great love for Dan McKee. Um, so yeah, she, she, we've had no governor for a couple of months because she was too busy and too afraid to say anything that might disrupt her, her uh, promotion to federal government. And now it's, you know, all right, see you later. You got no need to lend any kind of legitimacy or imprimatur on, on the incoming Lieutenant governor. And I think that's a lot of what it's about. I mean, somebody like Cicilline, I'm sure he's got an open mind. If Dan McKee is suddenly proves to be super radical and, you know, bows down to the progressive gods, then Cicilline will come back around, I'm sure, and say, sorry, Seth, you'll have to wait your turn. Um, so I, and I, I think that's what we're starting to see in McKee. He's getting that message. The, the insiders here, he's, he's always been kind of a, you know, outside the, the progressive Democrat mainstream in, in Rhode Island and, and politics, you know, with Mattiello out there and now the General Assembly moving left under Shikarchi, you know, that wing of the Democrat Party is is not as dominant as it was, if if at all. And so McKee's adjusting, uh, and I think that's what we're seeing is is the other Democrats sending that signal. You you have to adjust, or we're not going to even recognize you. You won't be the presumed nominee just because you happen to be the appointed governor right now. And just so the listeners, I want people to understand, it did break with tradition when. Governor Kachiri took over. Lincoln Allman was at the inauguration. When Kachiri left uh, left office, he went to the inauguration for Link Chafee. When Governor Armando was sworn in, Link Chafee was there. Governor Armando not being there yesterday did break tradition. She was in Rhode Island. Justin Katz, I, you know, you look back to just uh, a little over a month ago. It was obviously a major story that President Trump didn't attend the inauguration. So just so we're clear, I know you're saying she's moved on. But the tradition is the outgoing governor attends, just so we're all clear, attends the inauguration. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I wasn't I, at all. I, just so we're, we're clear on that, that broke tradition. And, and I question why is it, it isn't a bigger story within the media. Because, like I said, in a way, she's kind of sending a message that this guy's not elected. He's just appointed. There's, there's a lot of messages sent, as you know, sometimes by not showing up. Yeah, and, and I'd actually make, say it's worse than just breaking tradition. I mean, if you if you look objectively at what has happened, Governor Raimondo pledged to the people that she was going to run the state for four years if they elected her. She said, nah, thanks. I've got a better offer. I'm going with Joe Biden. See you later, Rhode Island. And then she couldn't yeah. even have the courtesy. Forget Dan McKee. She couldn't have the courtesy to go before the people of Rhode Island as a message. I'm leaving you. I, I know I went off on my own personal thing here, but I'm leaving you in good hands. I mean, she couldn't even attend a, a brief ceremony to send that mm. message to Rhode Island. I mean, to me, That's right. to me, it's, it's, a, it's not a slap in the face to Dan McKee. It's a slap in the face to Rhode Island. And it's, it's par for the course for the, an arrogant woman like Gina Raimondo. Mm. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Uh, segment is politics this week. He's the managing editor of Ocean State Current.com. Justin Katz, a lot more. Uh, stay tuned to the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, Free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. 
If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com we're in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence folks as you're riding along you just never know You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Our segment is politics this week. With me is managing editor OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, I think it's interesting. I believe this week, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee will announce who is going to be his new lieutenant governor. And just to give some back uh, backstory on this. So he was sworn in last Tuesday night, Wednesday, as governor's first three appearances as governor, first day of governor, were in Providence, and they were with... Providence City Council person, head of the city council in Providence, Sabina Matos, who is considered the front runner. I believe um, he's starting off the week in Providence. Uh, a lot of this seems to be p- politics. I know over the weekend, John Laughlin tweeted, well, the obvious choice is Nellie Govia, Secretary of State. Now, I've heard that it's, it's not that they haven't had conversations, but the McKee people, and rightfully so, by the way, uh, one of the conditions that you become lieutenant governor is that you're not going to challenge him for governor. It would make no sense if you tap Nellie Gobia, who's term limited out, to be the lieutenant governor, and then she flips around and announces she's challenging you for governor. So what are your thoughts now? As I believe this week uh, they've had interviews. Um, I also want to mention the Channel 10 thing that I still can't get over. But what are your thoughts uh, where we are right now with the selection of lieutenant governor? Yeah, I think the last week has uh, certainly shifted uh, the smart bet in favor of Sabina Matos. And partly because it's clear the news media likes that idea with the identity politics and and all of that, the up up from immigration kind of story that it represents. Uh, And I think you, you put your finger on something well as well with the appointment to lieutenant governor i mean as if he if he's got his eyes on winning the next election which he obviously does uh, and he runs with sabina matos as almost like a ticket um that yes. that's a, that gives him not only is he not giving a a potential competitor like orbea a a bigger microphone or another platform to 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 campaign from and let's face it secretary of state actually has some duties lieutenant governor does not so that would be a lot of extra time for secretary for nelly gorbia to be campaigning against him um but not only that but if he's if he's seen as a, almost a ticket with sabina matos for lieutenant governor then that helps to take some of the some of the vote away from Alorza. If he if he it runs, does. it helps to yes. dilute the value of Nor- of Nelly Garbia's identity. Yeah. Um, so it seems like a smarter move. And meanwhile, I mean, it does. It's a big. Um, there's some vagueness. Matos works for the Raimondo administration, so there's some. It's not clear how much she makes, but it's fifty to seventy-five thousand, something around there. So lieutenant governor would be a big step up for her. Uh, city council doesn't yes. pay much of anything, if any. I'm not sure about how Providence does it. Um, but and meanwhile, right. another of the front runners, Diorsa, um, he he just got a job with the 
Brown is in their policy lab, which could turn into another six-figure job in a McKee administration in policy if, if that's the way he wants to go. Sure. So I, I, he wouldn't necessarily be upsetting anybody by picking Matos McKee. So I mean, it's looking like that's the direction it's probably going to go. You know what's interesting about it, uh, Justin, and again, folks, the person we're talking about, she is the head of the province city council. Her name is Sabina Matos. Is You and I both know, now in this day and age, if Dan McKee, the runner for office, if he starts to criticize Alorza, well, Mayor Alorza is from Guatemala. He could be seen as a racist. If he starts to you know, run attack ads against Nelly Gobia, well, she's a female, she's Latino, could be seen as racist, could be seen as misogynist. If you have your lieutenant governor kind of in the role of a ta- attack dog, I mean, he could then sit back, be Mr. Nice Guy, and then you have someone like the city council president saying, well, let me tell you what it's really like in Providence, and here's what's wrong with what the mayor did and so forth. So I think that makes a lot of sense. It didn't get a lot of news, but on um, actually, I, I think I'm the only one that drew attention to it. Channel 10 <laughs> retweeted uh, the fact that there's a councilman in Cranston who's a Republican who's basically trying to treat this like a contest. Everybody vote for me, and this whole thing would be good for the state. Channel 10 actually retweeted that he's on the short list. Um, I was notified by one of his friends afterwards asking me to stop mentioning he's a Republican, <laughs> as, if, as if that would have any bearing on it. To me, it, that is the story. If Dan McKee selected a Republican to be lieutenant governor, I know people think you have to do what's best for the state. You and I both know that office has basically no role in it. Um, he, he would be crushed in a, in a Democrat primary. Can you imagine this is the guy that selects a young white male Republican from Cranston to be his lieutenant governor? Um, but anyhow, I, I know that people feel politics shouldn't come into it. But Justin, as I've said, if, if Dan McKee would like to be the governor, which he'd like to, it all begins and ends on what is he going to do in order to win that Democrat primary next september and if he doesn't have the right mix and i think this is a first big step with it his political career is over yeah oh exactly i mean and we're seeing that in everything between the probability of sabina matos being lieutenant governor to you know he's dimmick he's made kind of progressive noises in some of his policy suggestions he's he's i believe he's hired george knee's daughter (laughs) for a job Uh, george knee being the the major labor union poobah in the state i mean so everything he's doing is an indication of i need to win that primary um and i so i think one of the big stories of the next year that to be to follow is uh, and then after that is how far is he going to go and is he going to go so far that he can't go back once he's elected in his own right and be a little bit more rational and sane in his positive policies at this point can we agree wouldn't you be surprised if uh, he does not select one of those two that we've mentioned either james diosa or sabina Matos? oh yeah i'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised uh, it's possible there's some somebody in the running who who fits his political needs more but but they're not not visible uh and that's it just seems to be predictable at this point now uh, folks again our segment is politics with, with me is justin katz managing editor oceanstatecurrent.com justin uh dan mckee has focused on the vaccine governor mckee governor mckee uh has focused on the vaccine last thursday was his first press briefing as governor And I just wanted to make mention, I'm not sure if you caught it, but it was Thursday, it was at the vets, and I noticed that the three people on stage with him, who were Stephen Pryor, uh, Commerce Secretary, also Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott, and uh, Education Commissioner Fonte Green, I noticed Justin Katz. I thought the three of them seemed kind of nervous, and then you realize that he's an outsider, that they are not on his, you know, team, so to speak, and he's going to have the right to select whoever he wants. Justin? Yep, I'm here. Yes. Did you um did you happen to catch and, and notice their their uh you know just the way they were behaving at the press briefing? Um well it's it's understandable that they they'd be nervous and there's, there's a new I mean everybody's in a the new there's a new boss. It's kind of an awkward situation. Um and I you do you do wonder some of the conversations going on in the background. I mean I'm I'm almost I'm almost surprised Stefan Pryor's not off the stage and, and in Raimondo's group yet. Um 
so I'm expecting that to happen soon. So I, I think that's, it's pr pretty clear that everybody would be a little bit uh, still tentative on what's going to be happening going forward. What is your reaction on the fact that all the bonds passed last week? <laughs> well, I mean, again, very predictable. Um, <laughs> the, the, the groups that are interested in a bonds and they're, they're generally give out giveaways to, to labor, to do the work, to investors, to get the high interest rate for a no risk loan uh, for uh, special interest groups. In this case, we're even giving money directly to theaters and such uh, to help them out. Um, they have a lot of incentive to get people out to vote and they want, so it's, it's not, it's, it's not surprising at all. Uh, it's, it's a shame. Uh, Rhode Island has a lot of uh, debt already. Um, we're, we're carrying something like $14,000 per person in Rhode Island, which is, um, which is high relative to the rest of the country. Uh, so, but you know, this, that's the same story with every single bond. And the, the fact that this was a special election and not a general election where people who aren't insiders have some incentive to go and vote anyway, uh, only to me kind of made it even more likely that they would pass. So it's not surprising. Folks, we're gonna take a quick break, a lot more. Politics, politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 305 3585. You've seen her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health, because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas the service is the best plus hemp and cbd products plus massage therapy reflexology pilates folks stop it and see her it's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins 1099 menden road in cumberland you can call her at 401 305 3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call Coogs today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Remember, whether it's plumbing, heating, or cooling, residential services, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, they say. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable for plumbing, heating, and cooling. From winter to summer, the trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time, from service calls to maintenance agreements to installation. R.E. Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers. They pride themselves. They make customer service and satisfaction a top priority. As they say, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogs. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Our segment is politics, politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, I'd like you to talk on, uh, touch on the center. The Center for Rhode Island uh, Freedom and Prosperity is, is kicking off 
uh, a new campaign. And this is something that people need to be aware of. And I'd like you to touch on it. If you yeah, and this is another area where maybe we could get Governor McKee to, to not quite sell everything out to the left. So Gina Raimondo uh, sort of put us on a track to be part of this regional government that would have the right to tax our gasoline. Uh, it's called the Transportation and Climate Initiative, uh, TCI. Uh, and it's going to go through the General Assembly and, and then it'll be up to them and Governor McKee to, to actually sign us up for the TCI. And so the center uh, today called on McKee to withdraw Raimondo's uh, pledge, I guess you'd call it. Uh, and it, it, people who want more information on that can go to rifreedom.org forward slash no TCI tax. And in the next few days, there will be up a, uh, a an ability to send an email to Governor McKee and legislative leaders asking them not to do this. It's basically a major gas tax increase uh, right in the middle of, of a pandemic when we're trying to recover uh, and to, to fund green projects that really, really don't need any, any help from, from the governor at from the government at this point. And it's right on the heels of, you, you probably noticed in Massachusetts, uh, one of the key green folks in government was caught on tape saying, well, we've got to start making uh, old folks the villains and people who drive their cars the villains and we, we have to get them out of their cars. That's the next step for the environmental movement. And so the center's calling on, asking Rhode Islanders to help call on Governor McKee to kind of do the right thing, at least in this one area and, and pull, it, pull this off the table. What about the fact that um, uh, new Governor McKee, his family business was an oil company. Do you think that's obviously uh, very different than Governor Raimondo? Do you think that in some way <clears throat> will uh, will play any type of factor just because he would have a different view of it? You know, you would hope. You would hope at the very least he would have a, an understanding of the economics of it, of the, the jobs that are tied to it, um, and the, all of that sort of thing. Um, he hasn't shown that side of his character in the past few weeks anyway so we're we're hoping that he can he can be made to i mean this wouldn't be a major lift for somebody to say you know what we're just not going to do the tci thing right now it's not as if this is a nationwide movement and rhode island would be the 50th state to join there's there's only a handful of states involved in the northeast and only a few of those have actually signed on so um i i hope mckee i mean one of the interestingly i just came across a chart uh, from a, a national energy uh, or, or bureaucracy, and uh, they the chart shows green energy the, the the amount of green energy use under three scenarios: you know, natural gas not changing, natural gas increasing, and natural gas going down. And it's funny when you the one on natural gas going down, the green energy industry explodes, which is basically what I think they're trying to do is is destroy. Uh, fossil fuels so that there's a giant market for their pals and green energy. So hopefully a, a Dan McKee whose family business was in, in fossil fuels would, would kind of spot that trick and not go along with it. Folks, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, Mayor Lorza, the mayor of Providence, who's going to be uh, running for governor, and it's just a matter of when he's going to announce. Um, I mean, the primary would be a year from this September. Here we are in March. So I would think, I mean, between now and Labor Day, if not even before the 4th of July, uh, people that are going to announce for governor, I would think they're going to start to announce. And we'll see just how much now that it's not the, an equal playing field. Governor McKee obviously now has kind of the leg up. But he, um, as, as we know, last summer, these ATV vehicles was a major problem in the city of Providence. It was a major problem out of the highways. And then it really uh, culminated last fall when the Jamal Gonzales that were all riding around on a Sunday and then word spread that a Providence police officer had bumped him and crashed him into a wall. That was proven to be false, but it was terrible unrest. Mayor Lorza seems to be throwing in the the towel and raising the white flag of surrender and the city of Providence started to announce that they want to look for ways that maybe they could register them or quiet them down a little bit. But basically the city of Providence, Mayor Lords is trying to say, we're going to allow them to be in the city, which was a major nuisance for people. They're allowed, they run, suddenly there's 50, 100, 150 of them around you and they go up on the sidewalks and they don't stop at the red lights and, you know, they're weaving in and out of traffic. Well, 
on Friday, the city of Cranston announced the exact opposite. Zero tolerance. If you come into Cranston with it, uh, they will not be tolerated, will confiscate it. These vehicles are not allowed. What does it say to you, the difference in the Alorza style of governing? And then that's a new mayor in Cranston with Ken Hopkins. Well, it's it's a matter of enforcing the law on something like this, as, as Alorza learned last summer, is um, – is fraught in this day and age where there are people, as you note, riding vehicles in an illegal fashion, uh, dangerous fashion. One of them gets hurt and who gets blamed is the police officers who tried to stop them. And so if you're going to enforce the law, and this is one thing, it's amazing to me that progressives never seem to understand. If you're going to create a bunch of laws and enforce them, that means police. And that means police interacting with the public. And that means sometimes things go bad. And so it, it would take a little bit of, of courage for a, for a political leader to say, you know what, we're just going to shut this down. We're gonna. We're not gonna allow you to do it. So what do you get? I was in Providence uh, last week, and it seemed to me. Maybe I just. Maybe I haven't been there in a while, but it seemed to me that there are all these speed bumps everywhere that that are new, and very oh, yeah. strange. They're they're a kind of new new type of speed bump where they're kind of staggered, so you don't just go over one bump. Yes. So you go over one on one side and then on the other side, and it starts to make the roads less drivable for regular people. Now I don't know if that's associated with trying to make it less less amenable to uh appealing yeah, for yeah. the bikes it is actually um, yeah but I, it seemed to me it would go the other way you know if i'm out on an off-road vehicle i'm saying hey, oh cool bumps <laughs> but um but in any event so we but the solution is and rather than face down a ridiculous identity politics mob uh that's complaining that people doing dangerous things got themselves hurt in the vicinity of police instead of facing that down we're gonna make everybody else's lives less uh less comfortable. And I, I think that's what, what we're seeing. Uh, there is some, you know, there's, there's another, uh, on the other side of it in Cranston, the idea that you can't, you know, gas up your vehicle, your off-road vehicle. Uh, that seems a bit heavy handed to me, but in a situation where you've got these vehicles that are not road re- ready, um, but instead what he's doing is he's trying to go to the state like a, like a child say, bail me out with a, a statute to make them have to register these things or something to that effect. So I, I agree. I, I, I'm not sure I, Cranston has the perfect mix, but I do think Alorza is just refusing to, I mean, he's just showing the weakness of those who, who, who give into the identity politics thing. I want to come back to um, the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity. Definitely. Uh, made it very clear to people that uh, the bonds, people should vote no. I'm just wondering, do you think, was there enough opposition uh, spoken out? And, and I'm going to put the, the center to the side, but do you think that there was enough groups speaking out? I mean, you really didn't hear it. And then never mind, it was so unusual to have an election in March. Uh, a lot of people right now are questioning what's the, is it even worth it to vote anymore? Because everything just seems to get passed that they wanted. What, what is your thought on that, Justin? Do you think more noise could be made that that these bonds were unnecessary? Yeah, um, well, more noise can always be made. I know in conversations, even in my local taxpayer group, there are people who think, why aren't we not out, out there with banners saying vote no on the bonds? You know, uh, you could always do more. But these things always pass. You know, somebody people who oppose them have to speak up and do what, whatever they can. But, you know, when, when it's a hopeless endeavor, the, the right, the conservative side in Rhode Island is just so outgunned uh, that, you know, you don't, you know, you start to work, look for guerrilla warfare kind of uh, political strategies rather than, you know, you can't just head on, go on, take on the empire. Uh, so it's, it's, I would I would have loved to see a lot more pushback, but it's just so the, the deck is so stacked against you. And as I said earlier, there's there's no real reason. I mean, the, there's no incentive for people to go vote against them that can even come close to the incentive uh, for the people who want them for the, the you know multimillion or even billion dollar interests like labor unions to push to, to go to a Massachusetts marketing firm and, and put out slick mailers and videos i mean they've, they've got an incentive to do that and uh, you know it's it's very hard to push against so while while i would have loved to see every every conservative group and re- republican group out there uh, you know protesting and, and saying vote no vote no at the end of the day i 
I just, I'm not confident that they could have made the difference. So it's not clear to me that it, it would have been worth the organizational effort to even to, to do that sort of thing. And Justin, finally, where are you on voting right now in Rhode Island as far as, do you think enough is being done to uh, raise awareness? I think people have truly uh, lost confidence in the system. I, I'll just speak for myself personally. I've never felt the way I feel right now, as far as to me, the integrity of the election in the state is at an all time low. I have no faith in the system. I think it is compromised. I don't see anyone uh, coming to challenge it. And when I see someone like Secretary of State Nellie Gobia uh, doing an interview, which I posted on my website on Channel 12, saying she wants to make permanent the way things were done. Uh, I, I just this has nothing to do with President Trump. Uh, I have no faith and I don't like I've, I've always voted since I was 18 years old. I voted, uh, but I don't see anyone, you know, coming, challenging it. Uh, it just seems like a runaway train that our elections have been completely compromised. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. And when when it goes all the way up to the White House, uh, you know, what what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, you could fight a you could fight a giant battle in Rhode Island to try to get um, to to get some kind of election security and then it could go to federal level and and the federal the congress and the white house would just slap down whatever rhode island did i mean to me a big part of this uh, was and it, it didn't get as much notice as it probably should have but i think in the long run we'll, we'll look back at things like when the rhode island gop did go all the way to the supreme court saying you know you you yes. can't just change our election laws because the board of elections and secretary of state came to an agreement with activists and a judge said okay that's good that's just not how it's supposed to work and when the supreme court didn't even want to hear the case because the corrupt politicians weren't involved in bringing it you know what are you supposed to do it's it's it i think there's my view is i mean i think people should still vote will still they'll still be able to win here and there uh, at the very least you know they'll they'll put up some kind of a showing and help each other feel like there's they're not completely alone um but i think the it's gonna come back right back to spending all the time you can on on building the community of of like-minded people and, and making everybody on just making us all understand we're not alone, start to figure out what we can do and going back to scratch. Because at this point, everything is so far. We talked earlier about uh, McKee and giving out jobs and how that's a big part of the whole corrupt system. We, that doesn't exist in an opposition party in Rhode Island. I don't, there aren't many organizations that can even fund one paying job, let alone multiple. Uh, so it's that's all got to be built from, from scratch at this point. So I, I have a hard time faulting groups that don't that don't you know, do all the things we expect of opposition groups just because they don't have the manpower and that time has to be spent doing more basic stuff that might not be as visible. Folks, he is the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Stay safe. And we you will too. Keep the faith, John. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.